there's no money that can give you that feeling. There is no drug that gives you that, that high, that feeling. It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome to the Ted Huff Show. I'm your host, Ted Huff. This is my first two-part show. In the first part, my guest talks about his comeback journey starts with him dropping out of high school, then going on to own one of the most successful commercial roofing companies in the Twin Cities area. And it all started with one night out with the wrong people that shifted his priorities. Please welcome Ryan Wheeler, a.k.a. Lambo Dad, to the Ted Huff Show. Oh, and before I forget, subscribe to The Ted Huff Show on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and at tedhuff.com. That's www.tedhuff.com. Now enjoy the episode. Ryan, I appreciate you coming out here to Phoenix, Arizona. I know it's like 4,000 degrees for you. It's great to be down here. Yeah, down here. Yeah, it is down here. Yeah. I'm right down by the hottest part in the world, I think. That's from what it feels like to me. <laughs> well, Death Valley does have one of the hottest places. The Mojave Desert is one of the hottest places in the world, and it's just a few hours away. So, 30 feet. I think it's a little yeah. bit more than 30 feet, but but yeah, it's not too far away. You're an entrepreneur. You are a content creator. I mean, you 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 do you put out content like Kurt Nobody's Business? I try to. I'm new. I'm new to the the space of doing all that um and man it's been a it's it's a wild space to be in it's a i love it i love the, uh, the helping people um i and i come from a different background so many of these people are doing only that and there's so many people that you know they they flex and they show the pictures and they show all that and then it's like but wait you don't actually have anything and you're not really doing anything and you're not working and you're not building. But so for me, I own a commercial construction company. Um, and we do, we do a handful of, uh, of work, but it's real physical labor. I don't subcontract. We have, I have staff members, I have employees, I have to keep busy. Um, obviously I'm from the Midwest. We have weather. Um, it's not this hot. But we have weather, we have storms, rain, a lot of variables that mm -hmm. make it very hard to, I can't guarantee you 40 hours a week, but what I can guarantee you is we work all the time when it's, when the weather allows. So it's a really, it's a really tough industry to, to be in. Um, and especially from kind of where my background came from, it's wild to see, I mean, you know, people that see. So how did you get into the commercial commercial construction 17 years old i dropped out of high school all i knew how to do was hustle um you know sell weed in the bathroom if we're being honest like <laughs> that's the honest, i've man. been a hustler of uh, and just grinded to do whatever i could uh and i was big into cars when i was young and then i got into some trouble when you're into fast cars you get in trouble uh and then i stepped totally away from that i got into the commercial roofing um and it was a summer job that's all it was it's a summer job it was supposed to be a summer job yep because i was gonna you know i was gonna get in and do like some vocational school work on car i was gonna do something uh and i had big plans 
to do something else. Uh, but when you get into the construction industry and I was doing commercial roofing, um, the pay, it was like so much money. I mean, you know, 16 bucks an hour when you drop out of high school, that was 17 years ago. Like how you can't touch that. And my buddies were working for six bucks an hour. Um, so I got into that and I didn't realize the toxicity of the, of that job of that whole industry, the drugs, the alcohol, I mean, divorce. I was, I was very young to be in. I mean, I actually went to go to my apprenticeship school and I was not old enough to sign up for the union. He had to be 18. So like, well, we're going to not say anything. Work till you're 18. Then we'll get y'all all registered. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to be out of here anyway. I'm not going to be doing this. And now here we are 17 years later and I'm doing it up to scale of where, you know, bidding jobs like I was working on back then. Uh, and I, there's been a ton of stuff that's happened in between there, but it was, I got in and I mean, you you get trapped into that environment and that was what was normal. So it was normal to go to the bar. And obviously once I had got, you know, a little bit older, I couldn't even legally drink. Um, when I started that job, but you just fall into that trap of, you know, kind of the trades and it's a nasty, it's a nasty place to be. It was, uh, I fell into the alcohol is, I mean, drugs, like everything bad you can think of, but that was normal. That was like life. Like that's how I lived my life. We got done working. We got done early. You're at the bar until bar closed most of the time. And then you're driving home. I mean, it was, Wow. Yeah. And I had a lot of really close calls. A lot of really bad stuff happened. Um, and I finally got to a point where I quit my job. I was making almost 40 bucks an hour. I just quit and I was like, I'm going to go out on my own and I'm going to landscape. I'm going to do something different out of this trade because this trade is going to kill me. Um, did that for a little bit and that was not for me. And I was like, what, what in the world am I going to do? Like, I don't want a boss. I'm not good at having a boss. I want to do it on my own. Um, so I was like, man, the only thing I'm an expert at is commercial roofing. How do I get into this? It was a, it's a big boy sport, you know, Right. like, and I had nothing, literally had nothing. So we started on little houses doing little, little flat roofs, little porches, and just became the best at it that, and there was nobody that could touch us in that little, little niche market that was these little flat roofs and, and they were terrible. They were horrible to work on. You're dealing with homeowners. Like it was not what I wanted to be doing, but it was how I could make money and grinded and grinded and grinded. Where did that hustle really come from? Where did you learn Where did you see it? Where did you learn it? When, what, what was that thing that really got you driving? Dude, I liked things. I liked money. I mean, I liked buying stuff. I liked having, I always had vehicles. Who made you feel like you could do that? You know, I've never actually been asked that. Really, like where I saw that or where it came from. I think a lot of it was, so my parents had got divorced. And I watched, I mean, my dad worked, always worked, really, you know, he was always working, always working, always working. Um, And to me, you know, some people are like, well, you should spend more time with your family. To me, I'm like, yeah, right. Like we have nice things because of what he's doing. And, and then I just never had, I never had a problem with hard work. Like if I could just go work hard and it made me money, like I'll just keep doing it and I'll I'll work harder than that guy. And I'll work, I'll work harder than everyone else. 
that part was easy. It's just finding what I was going to do. So, I mean, dude, we used to go around with, uh, like my buddy's dad would drop us off in his Ford Explorer and we'd go door to door with rakes. Like we will rake your yard. And, and uh, dude, I remember there was times we were like, raking leaves. dude, and we would rake so many leaves and then we'd get like 25 bucks and it was like, all right, we're going to take this happenings book and we can go get like, if we eat today, we can each get a big Mac cause it's buy one, get one. Like, and we would budget out our money. And then we'd go and, and ride our bikes everywhere. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, seeing my dad and seeing things like, you know, when we bought, we had a Jaguar and a Lincoln town car. And I'm like, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's not, th those aren't small things, man. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's what's up though. Like I want that. I want that life. Is that where the love of cars came from? The cars actually started in like, uh, I mean, when I got my license, it was like, I wanted to go muscle cars and all that. And then, did that a little bit and then I got into civics because they were more affordable and do we built some crazy just like junkyard civics out of my mom's garage and it actually got to a point where um the city of Invergrove Heights where we were living came in and served papers and tried me for um they were trying to put me in jail for 90 days for running an illegal business out of a residential home oh wow I wasn't even 18 yet and because, I mean, we had like 30 tires stacked up, engines, oil, crates, like eight cars in the drive. I mean, it was, I look back now and it was terrible. You can understand why they like, Yeah, came I can understand why my mom was, she didn't like that. But at that time it was like, well, mom, I'm, like we're doing it. You know, and I'd have people come over and they drop their cars off and anything to make a buck, you know. And now I'm looking, I'm like, man. Why can't I go find them young hustlers in the garage that are willing to work for four bucks an hour, you know, because right. I would hire them. So, yeah, and that's, it just, I mean, then it just kept going, kept, just kept escalating into, into wanting more and wanted to do, to do more. Didn't really know what I was going to do. Didn't plan to stay, didn't plan to stay in construction at all, but fell back into it because I was good at it. And, right. And it wasn't, it wasn't like I had a skill that no one else had. I just was, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't stop. So yeah. the persistence, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to tell people, cause so many people are looking for this, this, like this secret, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, you have to work hard. You have to put in the work. I hire people all the time that come in and they're like, yeah, I want to, I want to work with you. Cause I follow your stuff and what you do is awesome. And I'm like, well, yeah, come on in, dude. It's like free mentorship. Let's go. And, um, like I'll even pay you and they come in for a day and they're so, like, so paid mentorship. Yeah. How many people actually pay for the mentorship? Exactly. So when I'm like, dude, I can offer you a position. It is hard work. It's construction. It's outdoors. It's, but it's, that's it. It's hard work. It's not, and dude, they'll come in and I mean, we've had so many that make it a day, half a day. They're like, dude, you deserve 10 Lambos. And when I first started, I had all these people that were like, who do you think you are? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm just, I don't know. Like, you can't get into this. You're not going to get into that industry. Right. It's a huge industry. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try. It's what I know how to do. So, I mean, it took a long time to get in, but now, I mean, invitations to bid come that are, you know, we can't, I mean, we can't really take on work even right now because we have so much of it built up, but we've, it's a good stuck. problem to have. It is, it is, but 
I've stuck to the, we stay with a pretty small crew, um, try to take care of the guys the best we can, try to always offer having the newest, uh, having everything there for them. So you're not trying to fight with, you know, tools that aren't working or machines that aren't working, like everything needs to run. So you're giving the tools to be successful. Right. And it is, it's hard work. Like, don't get me wrong. It is hard, but it's, it pays good. Right. It's, I mean, it's outside. Like, so I'm, cu I'm curious because, yeah, because you and I, um, well, I follow Andy Frisella. You actually probably met the gentleman. Yes. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't yet. Um, there's yet. Yes. Yes. Um, what is, what is your pistane mattress story? What, um, if you had to equate, like, what is your, well, where you felt you were like at the bottom of the bottom and it couldn't get any worse and you know, it, it, it but it did. What was that bottom? What was that? So that, that would definitely have been. So my wife, uh, my wife left me and took our son. And that was like, that was it. That was, I couldn't get myself to come home at night. You know, and I tell her like, babe, I'm not, I'm not going to the bar. I'm coming home. I, I got like, I'm going to change. She's like, all right. And then, you know, you go out for a beer with the guys and oh, I never drank beer, but you go out for 46 shots with the guys. Uh, and then, <laughs> You know, next thing you know, it's three in the morning. I'm hammered trying to drive home. And then here I, you know, didn't make it back home. It, it, it was, I mean, it was horrible. Like I look back at what I put her through and, and we are, we're together now, but she had left, she had moved out. Um, and I had went into the, the worst of the worst. And I actually had almost lost my life. Um, and that was like, like Andy talks about, like that was the line in the sand. Like I'm done with this. Like I need to get her back. I need to get my son back. I've been a horrible father. Like, and now, I mean, it like gets me just worked up. Cause I get so mad looking back at what I put her through. And, and then that was the time I'm like, dude, what, what am I doing? Like, but everybody I knew, like my whole circle, like if I want to hang out, like that's what we did. And that was normal. Like that was the total norm. Like I couldn't imagine when I was younger, like people that were like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm not going to go out to the bar. Like, what are you going to do? You loser. Like if you're not at the bar, what are you doing? There's nothing else you could be doing. That's that makes you in anybody. If you're not here with us, like partying, you know? And, um, so that, that was my, that was definitely my rock bottom. And there's more to that story. And I really haven't, my wife sat down when I told her, cause I, when I was done, I was done, done. And, uh, I text her and I told her like, Hey, I'm, I'm done. She's like, yeah. Okay. You've said that 20 times. What was different that time? Uh, that time I knew I was done with what had happened with the, I had a really bad night and didn't, didn't plan to make it through it. Okay. And then when I did, it was like, I just remember thinking like, well, if I don't, I don't have to see my wife happy with someone else because she's beautiful and she's going to be with someone else. And so to like come to and like, oh shit, I'm still like here. Like I need to do something with my life now. And so I told her, sent her flowers and she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, you can say that you can make it three days. You can make it six days. Sometimes you make it a week, but you're, you haven't changed. And in my heart, like I knew I had changed. Like I knew it was 
I made the decision. Um, so I'm like trying to explain to her like, dude, it's like, for, I'm for real this time. Like I promise. She's like, no. I'm like, oh, damn. When did you know that Because I know stuff like that never goes away. Right. But when did you know that she had regained enough faith in you that you thought you had a chance again? Um, there was a, a few times because I had to, I'd have to go. I finally got where she would let me see uh, Cruz, my son. And then I would see her, you know, and, and I know she... I mean, she's gorgeous anyway, but it was like she got like extra gorgeous to come drop them <laughs> off. And she wouldn't give me like the time of day. And I'm like, is that why she was extra gorgeous? Dude, it was so frustrating because <laughs> I knew I had changed. Like I knew that I was willing to give her the entire world, like whatever it would take. And like to have her be like, no, I, don't, I don't trust you. Like you, you screwed up. Like, I'm done. And I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> this is bad. And then it was just, I just had to keep, and that part got hard. Cause then it's like, well, why don't I go drink and party? Like if she's not going to be around, who cares? But then it was like, well, no, cause I need to get better for me anyway. Otherwise I will be dead. There's like, there's no other, there's no other way that this ends. If you don't get better, like that's, this doesn't end good, right? It doesn't end good. No. So, I just gave it all. I, I just cleaned everything. I just tried to just be the best person I could be. And I didn't have an issue. Like when I was out partying and doing all this stuff, I was never, I mean, I wasn't a guy that I didn't get into bar fights. I didn't cause problems. I was, I made friends, you know, cause I was buying everyone shots. And then, you know, she, I banked at my wife's, uh, the place she worked and, you know, I'd run my card overdrawn and, you know, I knew she could, get in there. Like she could see my accounts and stuff. It was like, nah, whatever, you know? And then there was times where she, you, you got to change your accounts somewhere else. It's embarrassing. I'm like, Oh, do you believe that that understanding of the trust factor with her made it more important for you to gain the trust of your customers or your clients and in, in the business. And did it, did it give you that little bit of extra drive to make sure that you main, maintained and grew relationships on that side? I mean, now if I look back at it, that's been a big part for me is that, I mean, we deliver on what we say we're going to do. So if we, and it's gotten hard because we have to turn down a lot of work. We have to turn down a lot of stuff because we can't, we're not going to be able to take care of another customer coming in like we do the ones we have now. So when we can, then we'll reach out and we'll bring in the ones that are right, that are a right fit. Um, and that's always, that's been how we've run the business during when all this was going on, there was not really, it, when all this happened with my wife, this was at the at the end of, I was still in, I didn't have my own business. I was still, I was doing side stuff and all that, but I didn't have my own business yet. So while all this is happening, I quit my job. That's when I quit was, so now I'm like even less, I can't even go up and be like, baby, I make 40 bucks an hour. It was like, baby, I don't have a job, but that job was toxic to my life. Right. And now I'm going to do something sweet. Just you watch, like, I mean, I look back at it now, I'm like, man, I probably would have, I'd have left too. Um, but I do, I do definitely with customers now. I mean, the, the trust thing is so huge because there's so many people and it's with everything. Um, 
and building a personal relationship with these customers. Do we cater in food before we go and work on a, someone's property that, or uh, you know, someone's space, their office space that we're going to be making a bunch of noise and screwing up their parking lot? And you know, we go and we cater food in and we explain to them like, hey, there's gonna be noises, there's gonna be debris, there's gonna be people. Like, we we apologize, but we we have to do this. So. Uh, and just being upfront about that. And it goes across every, every platform that, that trust and building personal relationships is, is huge. One of the things that, that I think, uh, and, and I'm paraphrasing some of the things that you and I have talked about in the past and a few other different things is you are, and you actually just mentioned it, that you're going to turn down a job. If it doesn't fit, if you can't do it to your level of expectation, if you think in any way, shape, or form that the customer's not going to be happy, that's not common, as, as common as it used to be anymore. And so, because you do, you do mentor all these kids, right? Mm -hmm. how, how do you communicate to that to them when, when they see all these get rich fast, get rich, rich quick, you know, things online where join my program, pay me, you know, 200 bucks a month or heck in some of these cases, it's two grand a month. Yeah. There's, there's, and I've, so I personally have spent, um, I mean, my wife's probably gonna see this, so you know, like five hundred bucks times a lot of times <laughs> uh, learning, like really trying to dig deep on that space of because man, I get in and I'm like, ooh, I, I see a click funnel, dude, and I'm spending money. Like, oh, this is a deal, and then it was four ninety seven. Now I get it for ninety five, and it's even if it's nothing I'll ever use. I'm like, well, I gotta check it out because man, I could get rich off. I've done that a couple times. Yeah, dude, it, and everybody has. Um, so we got to find the guys that build those funnels so we can right. figure and, out how and they're do it. doing. If you, if you latch on to any of the legit ones and the thing is, is a lot of people, they make them come across that they're going to be in, it's easy. Well, it might be, but you got to keep going with it. And like, like we talked about so many people will quit halfway. Uh, but there's so many people that, are teaching people how to build a business and they've never actually built a business or they've never actually had to grind and hustle. And now, I mean, I love seeing these young entrepreneurs coming in. Like, well, you and I, you and I both know Casey Adams. Yes. And, and that, that kid, that that's the real deal. The real deal. Yes. So I'm working, I'm, I wanted to get in and work with him. I, and I told him I went out to his event I've been around the block in all these different, and I've spent a ton of money and none of it. I mean, you look back and there's a lot of it. I didn't get direct value from, but now it's priceless. The money I spent because I learned so much from all these things. Uh, and with John Malott and then Casey at like they're the real deal And Casey's. And at first I had a, I had a age barrier issue. Uh, that was my own, it was just me being 34 years old. Right. I'm like, how am I going to take life advice from someone who's 18? And they're like, well, he's actually 17. <laughs> oh, okay. So let, let me make this just a little bit worse for you. Yeah. So, but then I started really following and seeing what he was doing. And I'm like, holy cow. Like the perspective from someone at his age, he's in that space. 
from a whole different angle that I, I'm the old, I mean, I went out to that Build Your Empire event, like, anyone in here over 25? You and I both raised yeah, our hands. Yeah, it's like us and then Hugo, and I, there's like a couple people. Um, there's maybe 10. Yeah, and, and most of them are the people are speaking. speaking. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, okay. Uh, you know, you gotta make sure you like shave before I go, so I try to look a little bit younger, as young as possible. Um, but I saw him and I watched his stage presence and, and how he, treated people and connected he connects to people like if you learn how to handle people and talk to people and truly build relationships that's what everything's based on is building relationships right. i mean that's you and me are sitting here together yeah like how cool is that and i if you didn't have the cameras in the if we weren't doing Dude, this we, show we only hung out for like three hours before this even happened right and and that's like and i love that but there's so in that space of the personal development, there's so many people that aren't, it's, it's just not authentic. And unfortunately, a lot of people pay a lot of money to learn these things. And there's so many young kids coming in that are like, you know, they're like, oh man, I'm not gonna be able to eat or pay rent, but I need this program for, it's like, no, you need to go on and there's free content everywhere. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can become a millionaire from free content. I learned all of this from free content. Right. I mean, there's YouTube. There's, and I swear by, if someone doesn't listen to podcasts, if someone doesn't, is just getting into space, the MFCEO project, it's harsh at first. Some people think it is, it, it's aggressive, but it's real. If you listen to, and, and we're going back to this, and uh, Andy, I'll, I'll send you a bill. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we get well compensated for this. <laughs> yeah. But, but what the thing with, with that show, um, and I like I was telling you, I remember hearing it on episode one. I don't know how I came across it. It's just one of those weird things where like episode one showed up in my iTunes because it was similar to something else I was listening to. And I listened to the first one, and I was like, this dude's laying it all out. And then I kept listening to it and listening to it and listening to it. And the fun part for me has always been that it's always been real and it's always been raw. Mm -hmm. Raw. And then there's, there's never been, well, I think I've heard him apologize twice, maybe three times, but, but those were for good reasons. Yeah. But, but <laughs> the, he, he approaches it with a no apologies perspective you either like him or you don't like him and i think that's one of the key things that that you and i kind of approached i mean when we met at, at build your empire it was kind of like hey let's talk and we didn't have an expectation of hey i, I, I want ryan to like me and i want ted to like me. We, we didn't approach it from that perspective it was it was here's who I am. Mm -hmm. Here's what I can do. Here's And I shouldn't even say we didn't even go into what I can do. It was like, you know, look, we actually, that's interesting because we actually started talking. I was like, like, well, how can I help you? Right. That was actually the question that we actually started with. It was like, well, what can I do to help? Cause we talked for a long time. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And then to the point where they're like, yes, yes, sit, like, sit down and all right, sorry. And then we were standing in front of the bathroom for a while because there's just a line in there. there like, was a long you line. guys were like, oh no, we're just talking. Yeah. And the bathroom's open, you know. And yeah. when you go into a when you approach situations like that with that, how can I help you? And you're genuine about it, and you're not coming up to me like, hey, all right, how am I gonna pitch this dude? I need to sell him this, I need to sell him this program. Like and you just build authentic, real relationships. Those go I mean, that's, that's where you make the millions and millions and millions of dollars 
long-term is by having those real relationships where you can, you got someone that'll go to war for you. You've got someone that's got your back when, you know, something comes up and someone, um, you know, you start to get a, a hater, which I started to get some and I hate it. Hey brother, you've hit, you've hit that level then. Man. Dude, I, I can't stand it. It drives me crazy because I still, everyone's like, dude, I mean, Andy, you know, he just smashes them down. And I'm like, yeah, screw the haters. But they, it, it like affects me. Cause I'm like, man, I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to help people. I want to help the people that are hating that. Like, I want to help them. Like, I want to talk to them and see. Uh, and then I was with Grant Cardone last night and he said, um, he said, I would rather have you know me and not like me than not know me. Yeah. That's deep. You're going to have people that don't like you. I, I'm at such a small, low level of it, but already seeing it and seeing like how real that is that so many people that would squash everything they're doing like to get. So how do you keep going then? What, 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 uh, is, dude, what is the I, reason you keep going with it all? I know what I'm trying to do. I know what my purpose is and I've been through so much stuff. I, like dude, not, nobody that's sitting behind a keyboard that doesn't even have a profile picture. It's got 23 followers. Now it, don't give me, dude, when I see this stuff pop up and they're like, you know, screw you, your car's a piece of junk. Why don't you get a nicer house? Anyone can afford that. You probably lease it. I'm like, wow. Like, did you at least, did you at least hit me with a view or a follow? Like, I mean, <laughs> is there anything in there for me? Um, and then I'll make light of it. You know, I'll share it and stuff. And so I shared one just recently, someone in a, I didn't share the real derogatory stuff. But I put that up because it did bug me. It got into me because I'm like, man, like I'm trying so hard to be a good person. Right. Like I am doing everything I can. And then to see the like just dozens and dozens of DMs come in that are like, dude, you motivate me to this. You do like those. Even That's just worse. one of those makes all of it worth it. You know, and I've had a couple people that are like, dude, I was, you know, close to ending my life. And then and those those get deep. Those are like the ones where like, I can't sleep. Cause I mean, that stuff, I guess I got goosebumps thinking about that kind of stuff. Cause that to me is there's no money that can give you that feeling. There is no drug that gives you that, that high, that feeling. And, and then to help, like we were talking about, I help kids. I do a lot of stuff with kids, um, mentoring with kids. I do junior achievement program with, uh, um, teaching finance in high school, which is crazy because I dropped out of high school. And I remember being told that, uh, you know, you're never, you're literally never going to make over $15 an hour if you drop out of high school. And I believe that because I didn't know any better, but I knew I couldn't do the program that they had. Um, and now to see that and to be able to be asked to come into a school and speak about finances and it's like really like <laughs> this is cool i like i i like this that's it for this episode of the ted huff show but we know you're wondering where you go from here tedhuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes specialized contests exclusive giveaways and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list you'll get access to all this and more by visiting tedhuff.com that's t-e-d-d-h-u-f-f.com until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on The Ted Huff Show.